Hi, this is Kreskin. If you could read my mind, you would know that I'm the next guest on, on screen and beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. This is it, episode 50 of season 7 of On Screen and Beyond, the final episode of season 7 on September 1st. We start the season 8 Season 8 of On Screen and Beyond. That's right. This, though, is episode 327 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is On Screen and Beyond. I welcome you, and I thank all of you for your emails and everything else, that uh, just the kind words that everybody has, and we really appreciate it. If you're on Facebook, be sure to like us, and uh, also, if you are on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. And uh, it's just so much fun to do this show every week, but uh, this is the time where I take a break. I take a week or two off here, and actually, I take a week off. And then I prepare for the next show. So it, it, it's two weeks I'm gone, but I'm actually still working. So anyways, we've got some great guests lined up for season eight. And I hope you're going to be listening. Tell your friends. And while we take this very short break, be sure to go back to On Screen and Beyond and go to our rerun section. We have seven years of episodes. Seven years of Special guests right here on On Screen and Beyond. Great people. Be sure to check it out. OnScreenandBeyond.com rerun section. Give you something to do while we're uh, waiting for Season 8 to start here at On Screen and Beyond. And this week, we have a great guest coming your way, the amazing Kreskin. If you remember him from the amazing world of Kreskin back in the 70s and 80s, he had a TV show, and he's a mentalist, and he can do all sorts of really strange things and amazing things so uh get ready for a fascinating episode of on screen and beyond and uh tell a friend have them listen to this one too but what do you say let's get right into remake madness right here on on screen and beyond remake madness we've got some interesting things coming your way taylor kitsch who played the john connor in the film remember that one uh he, he may be heading to be the lead in the remake of The Raid. And the remake of Jungle Book with director John Favreau will be a live-action and animated version with the voices of Bill Murray as Baloo and Christopher Walken as King Louis. So that should be really interesting. And the original Planet of the Apes movie will Charlton Heston. Remember that one? Classic, of course. It may be in line to be retold, remade, or weaved into the current... Planet of the Apes franchise, so it'd be interesting what they're going to do with that. So we'll keep your eyes open for that one. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies right here. Upcoming new movies, Michael Caine, Vin Diesel, and Elijah Wood will star in The Last Witch Hunter. It's an action-adventure fantasy film. And George Clooney and Jodie Foster are joining forces to make the film Money Monster. Foster will direct... Clooney will star. 
Lately, Foster has been uh, directing quite a bit, actually, and uh, she's been doing, like, Netflix shows, House of Cards and Orange is the New Black. Big shows right there. And Tommy Lee Jones is uh, joining the cast of the sci-fi film Criminal, along with Kevin Costner and Gary Oldman as CIA agents' thoughts, memories are transferred into that of a criminal. Sounds good. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels, right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> Sequel City, Avatar 2 will start filming early next year with an expected 2016 holiday release. And Guardians of the Galaxy 2 will be coming our way in 2017 and look for Mission Impossible 5 with Tom Cruise. It's going to be released on December 25th, 2015. That is it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen or Beyond, we're going to take a peek at what is coming your way as far as TV on DVD. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TV on DVD, November 18th. The Jeffersons, the complete series, will move on up to DVD in a 33-disc set. August 19th, Maya, the complete series starring Jay North. Remember him, Dennis the Menace. Uh, he's a little grown up in this one, but he's still there. And it's going to be available from Warner Archive Collections as a manufactured on-demand series. That's uh, where you can, you know, basically you order it and they print it up for you. And on September 9th, you can look for the Goldbergs, the complete first season in a three-disc set. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies on DVD. Movies on DVD. Well, it looks like on October 14th, Mr. Peabody and Sherman will arrive on Blu-ray and DVD. October 21st, Earth to Echo lands on Blu-ray and DVD. And October 7th, A Million Ways to Die in the West will ride along. That's it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, Sharknado 2 recently aired, and it will only increase the madness. Everyone seems to want to be a cameo in Sharknado 3. It seems like Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, of course, uh, wants to be part of it, but only if he can die in an amazing way. <laughs> All right, and Mr. Bill Cosby, he will return to NBC in a family sitcom in the summer of 2015. So look out for that. That is it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's birthday time. <laughs> Don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs>
Celebrity birthday time, August 11th, Eric Carmen, 65. August 12th, Casey Affleck, 39. August 13th, Danny Bonaducci, the Partridge family, 55. And on August 14th, Steve Martin, wild and crazy guy, turns 69. Antonio Fargus, it's, uh, he's one of those, uh, Past guest here on On Screen and Beyond, he was Huggy Bear, 68, and Susan Olson, also a past guest, 53. August 15th, Rose Marie, who was also a guest here at On Screen and Beyond, turns 91. Mike Connors turns 89. Pat Priest, who will be a guest here at On Screen and Beyond, turns 78, and Ben Affleck turns 42. August 16th, past guest Julie Newmar here at On Screen and Beyond turns 87. And on our listeners' side, birthdays on August 12th, Ian from Southampton, England, turns 51. And on August 15th, Gwen from Thunder Bay, Canada, turns 29. And Gary Richard Collins II has a birthday on August 31st. Happy birthday to all of you, and all of us here at On Screen and Beyond want to remind you that... Send us your birthday or friends or whatever and celebrate it with all the listeners here at On Screen and Beyond. Send your birthday, the information. We can just say your first name if you want. We can say your whole name if you want. Whatever you'd like. Let us know where you're from, how old you're going to be. Love to hear from you. That's it for birthdays. And now it's time for our interview segment with a guest, the amazing Kreskin fascinating guy. He's got some stories to tell. He's next. Kreskin, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, our guest is a renowned mentalist who has had his own TV show and he has appeared on all the great talk shows including Mike Douglas, David Frost, Johnny Carson, David Letterman, and more recently with Jimmy Fallon. His show was The Amazing World of Kreskin. It's The Amazing Kreskin. Kreskin, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Well, it is it is really great to talk to you and I, I shouldn't let this out of... Uh out of left field because we don't prearrange anything, but I just asked you about your name, and what did you say the background of the name was? It's Polish. Well, you know, that's that's interesting because people have asked me about my name for years. There's always there's been an intrigue that's been written about and what have you, and my original name was Kresge, not Kreskin. Uh, Kreskin is the name I created, and it's an original name, but uh, Kresge's own department stores in this country, which we had nothing to do with. We were not in anywhere near wealthy or what have you. But my family name of my folks, because I'm Polish-Italian, my family name was Gorczyca, which is a Polish word for mustard seed. And my grandparents uh, came from Poland. So I'm an authority on pierogies and everything else you can think of. Ah, so did you have a busha and, and a babusha? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you, I have, I, at one time, in Bethlehem and Allentown, I, I was born here in, in New Jersey in Montclair, but Bethlehem and Allentown, where my family settled, I had one time had 84 relatives. Wow. And, our, and you know, those are the days, uh, uh, college students, because I do, I've done 
oh my God, well over a thousand university shows in this country and Canada, and they're 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 fascinated that I'm not living in the past, but they love the reminiscences, and mm-hmm. it is a lot of them find it hard to believe that those were days when the, the doors on your your homes were not locked. Right. People did not knock, as you remember, Brian, when they came; they just walked in and sat down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I have said this because. I've been interviewed quite a bit about uh, safety, and uh, not because I'm an authority on uh, on, on uh, crime and what have you, but I've worked on 84 crime cases in my life as a consultant. But I've t- been talked about safety, and really, uh, the, you know, people say, "Well, what kind of gun? What kind of rifle?" and so forth. The greatest safety that this country, United States of America, could probably have is the returning to what was once called, it's a word that no one, can, very few people can define today. The word is neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Because there was a time in our culture when people did not sit by themselves in a room and watch television. If they watched TV, that was later on. They all gathered as a group because not everybody had it. And then before that, because there was no air conditioning, people in the summer sat on a porch. So everybody knew everybody else in the neighborhood. And if Johnny, who was uh, six years old, was wandering down to the end of the neighborhood, uh, Mrs. Gottrotz upstairs would see them and say, you know, you could better get back to the house because Mama's waiting. So everybody kind of looked over each other. That was right. the best part. And there are some small cities in in the world uh, uh, a number i can think of in 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 italy and so forth that have situations like that where there was a great sense of security that is the best security you can have mm-hmm. yeah it's true very true so but my work of course deals with how people think i got to tell you i got to share this with all of your listeners because this just came to my <laughs> my attention in the past 24 hours and i you know what I've traveled all over the world, and I've, uh, the airline industry has figured that I have uh, flown a little over uh, 3 million miles in, in my life. Wow. But don't you know, a story has broken in the... In, and I'm leaving for Toronto in a couple of days where I'm headlining at a state fair. As a matter of fact, it's kind of a record, but in the, the two weeks and four days that I'm headlining... At the Toronto Fair, I am doing exactly 39 shows. So uh, wow. I've, I've let people know that when, when I when I finish that, they want to come speak well of me at the funeral that he died of exhaustion. You know, no, I'm looking forward to the trip and what have you. <laughs> but a story just broke a couple of days ago, in and on Toronto Star in Canada, and because I've I just did a, a at the Friars in New York a seminar. Where some some judges and, and law enforcement and and lawyers interviewed me and they were sold out at attendance. The Friars is the famous show business, uh, uh, you know, organization in New York. But they they interviewed me about the crime cases that I've been involved in through the years, and they've been and the, they've been largely kept confidential. Well, guess guess what? Just a couple of days ago, a story breaks, and there is this case in Toronto, outside of Toronto, where the Durham Regional Police had a cold case, meaning that years had gone by without any clues and what have you. It was a murder case. And for some reason, I don't have the full details, and I I just don't have in front of me the five or six pages of the story that that I had in my hands earlier that was sent me. But they did a sting operation. And, of course, a sting operation is a group that those around them do not know that they're involved in investigating and what have you. Because they had a key suspect. Well, folks, I swear to God, this is really true, and I had nothing to do with this. The judge 
out of fury, felt that they had kept some key uh, pieces of the puzzle out of the recent sting operation. So he said, this disqualifies the case. They let the guy go. He's out on the road now. And all I can tell you is, my work has never been described, Brian, as X-rated. That is, actually, up until now, evidently a conversation that took place between a number of the detectives involved in the the sting was taking place. And unbeknownst to the detectives, someone was recording it. You know, today, folks, all of you listening in, all someone needs is a cell phone today. There's just no privacy left mm-hmm. anywhere. So wherever they were talking, whether it was in a car or so, uh, they were talking. And the conversation that was not brought into the court, which finally had to be admissible in court, I'm not going to use the words, folks, but it, 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 re, re, referencing renowned mind reader, the amazing Kreskin, the undercover officer said, well, lucky for us, we're not, now there's a word, in the English language that has an F in it. I don't want to mention it now. We're not something Kreskin's children, and we can't read a, that's a word with an F, people's mind, Your Honor. And that was finally brought into court and played, and it was one of the reasons the judge got hanging throughout the case. Isn't that not wild? (laughs) (laughs) Who would, as people are calling me all over the place in Canada, say, Kreskin, we know you've traveled all over the world. We never thought that you would be a key moment in a murder trial case. <laughs> so my life, my life, Brian, is, has been, you know, like an adventure. I mean, I would not have, my, 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 uh, I get a kick out of when my name is mentioned in, in, uh, in uh, movies. And the movie that was dealing with uh, uh, um, uh, the, 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 the uh, uh, Wall Street. Uh, the the Wolf of Wall Street, Wolf yes. Wall Street. There's a dramatic it's a dramatic scene where my name is dropped, and uh, and then uh, on an average, uh, I, I, have a, I have a service that sends me copies whenever I'm on television in this country, Canada, or or, or England, and I get about eight or nine mentions each weekend. Wow! And it's about every four four weeks I'm mentioning. Is there a CSI series, Brian? There's a series dealing with investigating crime or something like mm-hmm. that. So they they tell me the writers they say they well they bring me up about once every four weeks that the, the line usually is who do you think you have the amazing Kreskin <laughs> so I my life has been aside from all the performing has been really an adventure I did la- uh, I have done in my career now approximately uh, 25,000 shows around wow. the world in the last uh, last year not this year because we haven't counted them yet but last year, between television and and, uh, and public appearances, I did uh, 362 appearances in one year. Wow! But what what made you first realize you had the ability uh, to to perform like this? You know, Brian, it surprises people when it's uh, uh, when I finally point this out. I was in uh, as a nine. I was in nine years old. I was in uh, third grade. I can remember this as clear as yesterday, and the lady I'm going to mention to you, I, as God is my judge, was in an audience of mine, so help me, uh, like two months ago. It was it was third grade, and it was uh, raining outside, and Ms. Curtis, our teacher, said, well, we can't go out and play. Uh, I'm going to teach you a game. And, and, and so she sent, she sent a girl out of the classroom. Her name was Jane Hamilton, who reminisced with me 
literally, uh, as I said a couple months ago, she was in the audience. So anyway, she's out of the classroom. And we hit a bean bag, you know, cloth bag, somewhere in the room. We hit it in the desk, as I remember. And uh, uh, she came back in and she said, I'm going to teach all you all a game. Uh, Carol, you walk around. If you're getting near the where they hit it, we'll say you're getting warm. If you're not near, you're cold. If you're very close, you're getting hot. All game of hot and cold that we played as kids. And, you know, when she was finally near the desk, we're saying, you're getting hot, hot. And, you know, she finally found it. Well, I wasn't picked to play this, so I, I went home. And uh, my brother, who was three years younger, uh, and, and, and it was a mile walk to school, back and forth every day from kindergarten to the other schools I went to, the high school, it was a mile walk. My brother was home, and I said, Joe, let's go over at Grandma and Grandpa's house, because my mother was shopping, my father was working. So we walked about 10 minutes away, and my my grandfather on my mother's side was from Sicily, and they didn't speak a great deal of English. I loved them dearly. He built this house with his own hands. He was a construction man. It's a house that lives in near here in Essex County from you know, 50, 60, 70 years, 80 years. Anyway, so I said, go upstairs, because they rented the downstairs to make ends meet. Hide this penny. My brother goes upstairs, and then he calls me, and I'm downstairs, and I go up these old wooden steps. They were maroon register steps. I remember I go up into the kitchen, an old-fashioned large kitchen. My grandmother's sitting behind a big table. She doesn't know what's going on, what we're doing. And, and my brother's there, and I start to meander. And I walk into a room off the kitchen that was my uncle's bedroom. He had, he had Now he was out of the service. Uh, world, the world War was World War II was over with, what have you. And I, I go into the, into the bedroom. And I go up to a window, and because I'm short, I climb up on a chair and reach high behind a curtain rod, and I felt the penny. And then it suddenly dawned on me, Brian, I forgot to tell my brother to, to talk to me. I forgot to tell him to say anything. I didn't even talk to him about this. I mean, I just, he didn't know what I was going to do, and I found myself something drawing me. Obviously, it was in his thoughts to this point. My grandmother, being Italian, she must have thought I had the evil eye. But anyway, <laughs> it got around the family, and I started to do experiments like this. And then and then I had pivotal some teachers in my life that were very pivotal, because I don't think anybody makes it alone in life. They didn't understand what I did. But in fourth and sixth grade, I had Miss Galloway, who was a, my grade school teacher, who was much enamored with what I, because by the time I was in fifth grade, I was starting to perform. I was starting to do private shows for parties, getting big money, $5 a show. And uh, in sixth grade, during show and tell on Friday, she said, why don't you do something with the class? I remember one class, I said, all of you think of a movie you saw. And I remember pointing to Gloria Palmer, who was sitting in the back next to Judy Dunn. This was sixth grade. I said, Gloria, the movie you saw, because in those days you saw double features on Saturday and a new double feature on Sunday. The movies lasted three or four days. I said, uh, Gloria, you're not thinking of uh, of a movie now. It looks like the holidays. And she nodded her head. And I named the exact movie. And my teacher, Miss Galloway, because by the time I was in seventh and eighth grade, I was performing professionally. When I was in When I was in ninth grade, I was already doing two-hour performances, concerts. Wow. And my teacher, I did not know this until years later, after I graduated from college where I studied psychology, but I was really, I wasn't in classes most of the time. I was traveling constantly. 
But I found out that unbeknownst to me that this teacher had quietly sent letters to teachers I was to have years later, in the years to come, saying, I was his teacher in fourth and sixth grade. I don't understand what he does. You must be supportive of him. Brian, that is a remarkable story of support mm. that you don't hear about. Right, yeah, wow. But it all started when I was nine years old. And by the way, there's, a, there's don't worry about someone else pick up the phone, which shows this is live. That was, I'm really here. But this, <laughs> uh, uh, as a result of that, that test, as a thought reader, because my work as I travel the world deals with, uh, with reading and perceiving people. So I'm not a fortune teller. I'm not a psychic. I don't foretell the future, the free future, what have you. But, in most of my concerts, I turn my fee, my check, over to a committee from the audience, a committee that's picked by chance. The one condition is they must be strangers to me. They must be total strangers. I give them my fee. And then I'm escorted. If it's, usually it's a committee of, of, of uh, six or eight people. I'm escorted by two of the committee members from the theater outside if the weather's not bad and where I cannot see or hear what's happening, they guard me. Now, at the state, at the fair that I'm doing in Toronto, obviously I can't go outside. They're going to have a truck, a trailer, next to the stage outdoors because we don't have any thousands of people be there. But I will be escorted by a committee and, and, and some law enforcement people into the trailer where the, the windows will be, have coverings over them taped shut. Now, while I'm out of not knowing what's going on. The committee will hide my check anywhere, in a theater, anywhere within the theater, or in the state fair, anywhere in the large coliseum, whatever it is. They'll return to the stage. Someone will come and get us, and the committee who hid me will verify we didn't know what was going on. Brian, and it reads like a, uh, it reads like a mystery story. As one drama critic in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh years ago said, watching Chris can do this every night is like watching a mystery play but the solution is different every night. Wow. I ask no questions. Nothing is said to me. If I fi fail to find the check, as the committee concentrates, I forfeit my fee. It is returned to the, P to the company that booked me or the sponsors or what have you, and the show is for free. And you got to admit, Brian, that's a hell of a way to make a living. Yeah. Wow. Gee. Now, did Houdini do something similar to that? No, he did escapes. He did escape. Just escapes. He was okay. Put in uh, restraints and what have you, under controlled conditions and uh, with strangers. But this uh, now, I'm the only one in the world who does this regularly in their programs. And people ask me, have I ever failed? Yes, I failed. I failed nine times. And you could say, well, I figure I've done it about six thousand times, twenty-five thousand shows. But I've done it six thousand times for the years. And uh, I failed nine times. You could say that's not many. May not be many. But one of those times was in New Zealand, one of my favorite places in the world to perform. I, I love the people, and I, I, and I love love being there. But this particular show was at a coliseum, and I just threw in the towel. And uh, they uh, there was press at the opening night, and they said to me, "We know how you must feel." Kreskin, would you consider having a press conference tomorrow morning about this? I said, sure. I'm here for you folks. So the next morning, the, the, the conference was held outdoors on the steps of the Coliseum. There were not the newspaper people there from the town in which I was in. There must have been 100, 100 reporters on TV and radio from all over different parts of the country represented because it was such an event. My first tour and I had failed that night. It isn't 
because I simply failed. But the night before when I failed, I lost in one night $51,000. Wow. And on the other side of the coin, in places it's been hidden, at the uh, University of Illinois, I I walked down a, uh, a crowd in the audience. Up to the, it was a gymnasium, so the place was, the gym was packed. And I walked down, and I come in front of this older gentleman who was dressed in a suit. I thought, well, maybe he's a teacher or whatever. And I had him stand. And open, I had him open his mouth, and then I looked with chagrin and walked away and said, I apologize. There's no check. And something made me come back to the person. Obviously, the person who hit it must have been thinking like this because I come back to the same man. And I had the man stand again. Hmm. And I said, sir, if I embarrass you, I want you to, I'd like you to sit down because I'm apologizing ahead of time. Uh, would you open your mouth? And I looked at him and I said, does this have to do with the roof of your mouth? Brian, he reached in his mouth, took out his upper plates, and handed me my check. <laughs> I'd say keep it. <laughs> the most famous on television uh, was years ago. Remember a series called The Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, it was with Robin Leach. Robin Leach, yes. Robin Leach is now a columnist in Las Vegas, whom I see when I'm, when I'm headlining out there. Uh, we talked about this. He says, I'm going to find that that that. Uh, that show uh, because he had a lot of his his uh, videos had been turned over to a university to a historic section he found it and was kind enough to send me made a copy of it I was on the show he came to my house and all the traditional thing and before the show was over I said to the people I said you know I have a, a further te- I have a test that can be done for the show they said, well, you know, Kreskin, we, uh, we only in the hour and a half uh, visit with three celebrities, and we've you know, devoted this half hour, what have you. What do you have in mind? I told him, and Robert Lee, Lee said, uh, are you out of your mind? And I said, no, I've never done this. I'm going to try this. And he said to me, and you v- viewers, you older folks who may remember this, uh, he didn't know this. He said to me, well, Kreskin, if we fail, we won't show it. I said, Robin, promise me this. If I fail, you show it. I built my career on the integrity of what I do. It's not a magic act. I, mm-hmm. I legit, legitimately work with people's thinking. If it fails, you got it. He says, okay. So a few days later, I was driven from New Jersey to New York to the Tavern on the Green, which is, was a famous restaurant here that mm-hmm. only closed not long ago. They reopened it, by the way. And uh, I, met, I met there Cindy Adams who's a prominent New York Post uh, yes. columnist. She still writes for it. She wrote for it then. And uh, she reminisced about this just uh, a couple years ago in a column. But she was there, and she met me. And all she was allowed to say to me was, Hello, Kreskin, I'm Cindy, and what have you, because I had not met her before. We got into a limousine. We sat in the back. There was a camera mounted uh, near the front. And I was only allowed to talk to the driver, and she sat on one side of the back of the limousine. I sat on the other in the rear seat, and uh, she had to concentrate. And the challenge was very simple. I had to find Rob. I had to find Robin Leach, and the perimeters was Robin Leach was hiding somewhere in the entire city of New York. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, it was insanity, Brian, because uh, yeah, we had police cars. There were either a dozen or 18, they told me, they told me later on, they said, Kreskin, you, what the hell was going on? 
I told the driver where to drive. She wasn't telling me whether I was right or wrong. I just told him where to drive. And it turns out we were going down one-way streets the wrong way. The police said, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know where he was. We're following you, trying to cordon off traffic, and it was coming at you <laughs> rather than <laughs> going in the direction. I was. It was crazy. We finally came to an old, an old building that looked condemned, but it was just an old building in New York. We got out. I led her in. Now, there's a camera crew following us from another car. Now they were able to follow us on foot. And I walk in the building, and there's an elevator, and... I press the button, the door opens, and I I slammed my hand against the elevator and walked away. And Cindy told me later on, she says, I know what to do. She says, I wasn't to tell him whether it was even in the right building or not. And she says, and he walks out. So I'm standing at the building. I see that the building has more floors than the elevator, than the elevator number. I thought, that's what's wrong. Why? Did I want to leave? I think there's. I have to go to another floor. So Cindy and I get in this elevator, and the 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 other the, the television people had to go in another elevator because they couldn't all fit in. It was an old building. So we go to a certain floor. We get out, and it turns out we're not at the top, but we walk through a long hallway, and I find a hidden elevator for private levels. Mm-hmm. We go up to that to top floor. It is a sports a sporting complex. A sporting club, but there's no one there. It's too early in the morning. We walk through and through and through, come to an Olympic swimming pool where I stand for five minutes staring at it. There's nobody in it. I finally walk to a door. I said, Cindy, that's our destination. I open the door. Well, it's a bar, a big bar, but it, there's no one. There's no one. There's no one drinking. People are on the floor cleaning the floor. There's people cleaning glasses. It's, it's in the morning. And I walk across the room to the bar, and there's a man draped over the bar like he's soused, and you can't see who he is. And I put my hand on his shoulder, and he slowly sits up and says, Kreskin, break out the champagne. I'm Robin Leach. You just found me. Wow. My, Brian, <laughs> in the entire city, it took me exactly 46 minutes. And Cindy says to him, he said, uh, where had you gone? And she said, oh, we went all over the place. She says, we were out there, out there, that pool for five minutes. And uh, uh, he stands up and said, what did you say? And Cindy says, we were out there for five minutes. He said, do you know, when they radioed me and told me that Karskin was beginning the search, I thought, it'd be interesting if he finds me swimming in the pool. He says, I changed my bathing suit. I was in that pool half an hour. He says, I finally got waterlogged, cleaned up, dressed, and I'm here. And here, I couldn't understand why I was staring at an empty pool. Wow. So That's my incredible. Career, my career has been... By the way, if, 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 if some of the listeners you know are, are interested in pursuing where I am and some of the activity going on, they can always go on to AmazingCreskin.com, and there's a... There's all things that have happened to me and things that are going on in the future, what have you. That's great. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
and Kreskin, uh, there's so many other questions I could ask, but I realize we're running, you know, and I don't want to take advantage but of you. know what I want to do, and I'd like to give you, by folks, now I have not met Brian, but understand, his response now is going to be the result of post-hypnotic suggestion. Brian, when I come back in, uh, I'm going to be in, in, in Kennefro, uh, but when I come back, we've got to talk because I have an extremely exciting announcement to make, and just to give some parameters, I'm going to kickstart a campaign for something in which people in different parts of the world be able to participate dealing with my opening on Broadway, and that's going to be exciting to tell you about. Great. I'd love to have you back on. That's a post-hypnotic. Folks, it's not that he'd love to. He just can't resist. I'm joking, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kreskin, I'd like to finish up with two quick final questions. And it's uh, taking us away from everything that you've done. But when you sit and relax, what's your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past? You know, that's that's. I've never been asked that, I, and, I, and I've been interviewed thousands of times. <laughs> I love and I love all kinds of movies. I love gothic horror stories. I love. Uh, uh, I just watched uh, a movie that was done, done in 1944 called uh, The Uninvited, which was with Ray Milland, based on yes. a, a haunted house. Extremely well done. I remember it was that. Brilliant, brilliantly well done. I, I don't get to see current movies very much I, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm really on the road all the time. I love, uh, I, I, of course, I've done, uh, I've done uh, Jimmy Fallon shows and what have you and, uh, and Mike Huckabee and what have you. And I get a kick out of O'Reilly. I don't always agree with O'Reilly, but I like, I like to be stimulated by what's going on. So I'll, I'll watch news broadcasts and what have you. But I have to say this, and I, 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 see, I do see current movies uh, I saw just saw the movie Noah, which uh, mm-hmm. was uh, a long movie. And uh, when they were trying to build the boat, I think the boat when watching the movie was on on the ocean for maybe twenty two years. No, no, not all the movies are, are, are that special. I love religious movies. Don't misunderstand me; it just didn't ring right with me. Mm-hmm. But I love all kinds. My all time favorite movie, my all time favorite movie, is a movie with George M. with uh, Jimmy Cagney, Nicole Yankee Doodle Dandy, where yes. he plays the lifer. But classic. One piece of trivia for the listeners. You would never guess the most seen movies on television, not in the theaters, I mean the most seen movies that have been played on television from movie theaters in television history. It was a trivia question for many years on TV Guide, and I was on, I, I didn't mean to embarrass him, I was on with a, with a movie reviewer uh, a couple of years ago, very prominent, we were discussing movies that dealt with hypnosis because uh, it's a phenomenon I've been associated with. You had the Manchurian Candidate, you had Dr. Caligari, which was the first movie, and then, mm-hmm. of course, the movie, the, 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 the all the Svengali movies, the Dracula movies, yes. and, the, and uh, the, the Manchurian Candidate. The most movie seen, this is up to eight years ago, TV Guy doesn't do that thing anymore, in all TV history, is all of the Basil Rathbone, Nigel Burst movies in which Basil Rathbone played Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, yes. Yeah. Those movies were seen, and an, an, a piece got in, on, telev- uh, on the Internet recently where a person commented, I must have seen them hundreds of times. Somehow they were venerable, mm-hmm. and that's ironic because for me, Basil Rathbone really was Holmes. And my two favorite uh, books reading are and the most made movies for motion pictures, the most made stories aside from Disney characters, are Sherlock Holmes. Over 200 movies have been made by various various actors, and Dracula, been yeah. over 200 times made. 
and they're my favorites. Now, on my schedule, don't anyone think that I don't sleep at night, and I do cast a reflection. <laughs> Brian, I, I don't know where this happened. I could talk to you for hours. Oh, hey, it's fascinating. It's just it's so great to hear you, and I hope we can have you on the we show will. again. I promise you, Brian, you have my word. You contact the office here. I, I will be away. Folks can look at AmazingCreskin.com, but let's just say in the spirit of broadcasting to be continued. Okay, Brian? All right. Take care. Take care, Brian. The amazing Kreskin. want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. But he probably already knew that. Anyways, Kreskin, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us here. And I hope you enjoyed that one. That was the 50th episode of Season 7 here at On Screen and Beyond. So uh, next week, I take a break. While I do that, be sure to uh, keep listening to our past episodes. Gives you some time to catch up a little bit. And uh, we hope you will join us on September 1st for Season 8 of On Screen and Beyond. Episode 328 will be coming your way to start us off. we got a great guest lined up. And like I said earlier, we've got a lot of great guests coming our way all through Season 8. If you've got a suggestion, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com because I want to hear what you would like to hear who you would like to hear, and I will try to do my best to get that person on. Can't always promise it to, that we will get that person, but uh, at least let us know about it. Sometimes it takes uh, months and, and sometimes years, but we've actually gotten people after a couple of years sometimes because uh, sometimes I just can't find them, and other times I find them and they're you know busy and they, they don't want to do it or whatever. But uh, send us your suggestions. We'd appreciate that. And be sure to like us on Facebook and all that stuff. And uh, it's been a heck of a year. It's been a great year. We've had some amazing guests here at On Screen and Beyond. If you have not heard every single episode, go back and listen to them because they have some amazing people. And uh, we appreciate all of those people who took the time to talk to us. And I hope you enjoyed them all. And that is about it. That's a wrap for this season and this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So, until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Uh-huh.